Welcome to episode 112 of the Animal Addicts podcast. On today's episode, Casey tells us about his new membership with ABMA, the Animal Behavior Management Alliance, and I share a story about the San Diego Zoo's new Guinness World Record holder. We learn about two new awesome Australian animals for our picks this week, and about our rather large but adorable Animal of the Week. Episode 112 of the Animal Addicts Podcast starts right now. to episode 112 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new batch of super awesome animals. But before we get into that, what have you been up to, Casey, since last I saw you? I went to Disneyland with my family. Soup's jealous. How was that? It was good. Also, oh. how long had it been, sorry, since you were last there? Last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, my brother. So this year, my brother got this deal where it's actually three times we can go yeah uh, that bef- california resident yeah. one yeah yeah i know yeah I before i don't know i think it's like may or something we had to pick our months and hopefully nothing messes that up but <laughs> something probably will happen probably um so yeah we went and like i must have not remember this from last time but like how much of a scam it is with like drinks and food because i did not know that you can't get refills <laughs> No, you've never been able to get refills. I didn't I know used that. To think, I used to think because they have cups like they do at the at the animal park, you mm-hmm. know, those. And I used to think if I had that because I had an aerial one that I could get refills yeah. like that were cheaper like at the animal park. And no, you cannot. No, no. I mean, I... Then why did I bring this? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's cool the time I it bought was it. Like... It's cute. But like, what what am I going to do with this now? Yeah, and it was the same thing with like the popcorn buckets. There's like the regular this other sou- this souvenir one, then this special souvenir one. Oh, that's souvenir like... ones you're supposed to get refills. What? Yeah, that's why people buy them. I think it's... Yeah. We asked, we asked straight up, right, when they had theirs, like, their refills, because we got the... what We got not the, you know, like, movie theater-looking popcorn square one with lots of stripes. There's those ones. Okay. Then there's one that's just, like, the souvenir bucket with Disney characters surrounding it. No, 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 no. You have to get the special ones. It'll the be, like, su- Cinderella's carriage, or it'll be, like... Elliot from the um, electrical parade. This, trust me, the people who go after these popcorn buckets, uh, they're a little nutty. Like, I am also <laughs> nutty, but pins don't take a lot of space. They get all these popcorn buckets that are, like, this big. Yeah. Where are you storing that? You have, like, a 10 different buckets. Where are you putting this in your house? Yeah, because the only one, the other one that was there was this one that looked like Mickey Mouse's head. Maybe. I don't know. Because we asked go. them, I was like, are there refills? And they just said no. <laughs> Weird. No, because usually they do the special ones, and people yeah. will stand in line for hours for these things. I don't know what it is. People are crazy. And they'll stand in line for hours. Those you get free refills. I don't know if you get them all the time or if it's just the day you mm-hmm. bought it. Yeah. But anyway, you can get refills. I guarantee you. you get. I never do it because I don't like popcorn that much. And where would I put that bucket? The only one I did kind of want to get, I'm not going to lie, was the Elliot one because it lit up. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really cute. Like, most times I'm like, those are just cheap, plasticky, like, blah, things. But I'm like, that one's actually really cute. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, no, Disney, come on, man. Disney is not going to give you anything. They're going to suck all <laughs> the money out of you every chance they get. Yeah. Um, oh, and another funny thing is, like, we went to this, like, because I feel like this is all theme parks. Like, they have weird theme food places. Like, there's not traditional, like, just standard junk food. 
There is. You just have to go. We the found it, yeah. uh, but like <laughs> my sister, she wanted this um, chicken cordon bleu, which was the same thing I got. Yeah. And that's what it was marked based off of the stick color coordinated sticker. Okay. But then she opened it, and this it's this cauliflower sandwich. Ew. Yeah, just this big old piece of cauliflower. What? Yeah. So they let us keep it, and then she it's was able to go get it. And it's like I was like, why would someone eat this? Because it was very bland. Well, the Disney food is always disappointing, and sometimes it smells really good, and I'm like, oh, this can be so delicious, yeah. and then it's really not good at all. Yeah, I don't really like their food, except yeah. for I've heard that if you go to like Blue Bayou and stuff, the expensive places, mm-hmm. it's good. But I'm like, I'm not dropping that kind yeah. of money. <laughs> I mean, my parents were saying when I was a really little kid, we went to the Pirates restaurant. That's Blue Bayou. Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. don't know if they've seen that. Yep, yep. And um, but the food at California Adventure was better, and I was happy with that. Yeah, it's kind of, it's just, I when I could eat, <laughs> I would usually do um, fish and chips over at the, um, oh my gosh, why can't I think of the name of that, but by the theater mm-hmm. over in, is that Frontierland, or I think it's Frontierland at that point, the theater where they do like little shows and stuff mm-hmm. in there, I go there and I get like fish and chips, and the pizza always is disappointing, the spaghetti is disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> I've had, one time in California Adventure, I got like this chicken meal that looked really good and it was very disappointing. Really? <laughs> the, um, what is that? Oh my God, I haven't been in so I literally have not been since, I don't even know if I went in 2019 or if 2018 is the last time I went. But they used to have the one on Main Street that's to the right, right before you go to Tomorrowland. I cannot think of the name of it. Mm-hmm. Their stuff is decent, but no. The food there is pretty bad. <laughs> It's not, it's not, especially for the price you're paying, it's Mm -hmm. pretty bad. I don't don't even understand people who are like, oh, Disney food. I'm like, it's nasty. Are there people that say, oh, Disney food? Yes. And they love it and they love all the treats. And like the churros, sorry, Universal, at least when I used to go to Universal, had better churros than Disney has churros. So then they're they're okay if you get them fresh. Mm -hmm. But like, I just, uh, there's not very much. I mean, I'm not really into the turkey legs, so maybe those are good. Also, that's not turkey. Um, What? (laughs) There's no way that's turkey. (laughs) Why? Because of how. Small giant it is <laughs> how small it is it's giant and i heard from somewhere that it's emu but that's not corroborated so anyway but those don't look that appealing to me i've had one of those giant turkey legs when i went to the del mar fair yeah so anyway good, good. disney's food is is not that is mm-hmm. something they could definitely step yeah up. one thing that was good we didn't get this time but last time it was we got lobster rolls oh, okay. near the pirates ride i don't huh. remember what it's called I know a lot of people like the lobster nachos over mm. at, I think it's Lamplighter's Lounge now. Mm. Um, that's the bar <laughs> over in California mm. Venture, where I frequent. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm not, I don't like lobster, first of all. Actually, that's not true. I've never had lobster. I just refuse to eat it. But I don't really like the nachos, let's put it that way. I'm always like trying to get the pieces that just have like a little bit of cheese and stuff on it and nothing else on it because it's nasty to me. Mm. Anyway. They, Was it just cheese and lobster? No, it's other stuff. No. But I'm a picky eater anyway. And there's nothing else there. So you're drinking alcohol and there's nothing I'm going to eat. So I'm like, cool. Well, later I'll have to get some food. Plus, I try to not eat a lot of food there anyway because it's really expensive and not healthy. I mean, I've gotten like bananas and stuff for snacks, but. Mm. Oh, there is like that kind of like Mexican restaurant over by Thunder that I think was decent. No. Anyway, but it's not the best. But how did you like the rides and all that stuff? It was good. Also, because. my dad, because he's disabled, we got to cut in line. Yes, you got to do all the... Yes, yeah. but the thing is, like, only certain ones, because because my dad's disability, yeah. he can't go on certain rides, because oh, okay. they bang him up too much. Oh, okay, okay. 
So, so no Space Mountain for him? No, no Space Mountain. Aww. We had to wait in that line. <laughs> no Thunder Mountain either, probably then. No, That's we did pretty... Thunder Mountain. Really? That was pretty rough. <laughs> that one's pretty rough. You get thrown around in that one. Yeah. Indiana um, Jones, I'm guessing, no? We didn't do Indiana Jones this time. <gasps> it's one of my favorites. And oh, Star really? Tours? Star Tours definitely throws you around. Mm-hmm. See, we didn't do Star Tours. Oh, like, my we, gosh. We didn't know what it was. <laughs> Casey, have you been on it? They've done this years, probably like close to a decade now. But now they do the thing where you you can get a different ride each time Mm-mm. because you go to different planets. You get different people who talk to you. Like sometimes it's Yoda, sometimes it's Princess Leia, sometimes mm-hmm. it's Admiral Akbar. Like it's so fun. Star Wars is one of my favorites, especially if you sit in the back. Well, I'm short, so I can do it. But like if you sit in the very back, your feet dangle, and it's a more like exciting ride. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that works for tall people. But it works for my friend and I who go because we're both short. And oh it's goodness. fantastic. Uh, That's great. No, but instead we did, um, because we did the Millennium Falcon Yeah, last oh, time. that one's great. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. So we did the other one, which I can't remember. Rise of the Resistance? Yes. I haven't been on it yet, and I've heard it's so good. I liked it. But oh, I, I probably like the Millennium Falcon better. It's not Millennium Falcon. What is it actually called? I forget what's actually I called, remember. but I love that one. Mm-hmm. I want to go with like I want to get like a team of people that we go regularly. I'm like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna nail this. <laughs> it's just so stressful. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> it's like yeah. we're screaming when we're in yes. there. And I bought blue milk there. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I want to go to the bar so bad, and it was because when I went, it was still fairly new. Mm-hmm. Also, I just love that entire land. Like yeah. when I went in there, I went on one of the days. I think I went alone, or else I met up with friends later. But I went in there, and I'm like messaging my one friend who's obsessed with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. He's like got like a sleeve of Star Wars. Oh stuff. really? Anyway, he's obsessed with it, and I was like, "This place is amazing." I'm like tearing up walking in here. It's so great. And he's like, "Yeah, my wife got bad because when I was standing for the Millennium Falcon, I started to cry, and I didn't cry on our wedding day." <laughs> She was not happy with me. Uh, <laughs> I was like, it's good. so great. I was like, oh my God, this place is amazing. I love it so much. Uh, anyway, yeah, I love I love the Galaxy's Edge. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm so jealous you got to do Rise Resistance. It was still doing all the boarding passes mm-hmm. back when I went, and it was really difficult to get. And then obviously COVID. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And then, of course, we, we have to do Pirates every time. Okay. That's one part we do That every was time. closed for a long time. Yes, so. it was. Um, we also did Haunted Mansion. Yeah classic yes i don't know why and we didn't relaxing do that. i love mm-hmm. haunted mansion when you're tired just like and chill <laughs> yeah that is one we should have done after we've done some more intense rides. yeah yeah, yeah. that one's really good for that and then mermaid over in california adventure yeah. is really good for oh that. and yeah we decided to go and it's a small world i do that okay i do that like once a year <laughs> and i'm like nope i still hate it <laughs> no i was like it's like okay it's annoying sound. it's like how long does this ride go for <laughs> It's pretty long. Oh, it's so long. It is nicer at Christmas, I will say. It's uh, kind of like pretty, but it's it's definitely it's a bit of a. Mm. Mm-hmm. I can't remember anything else from Disneyland. So from California Adventure, we did that like plane thing. Oh yeah, that's, well, it's sort of. Or, is it World still? I think so. Well, did you go to other countries? Yes. Okay. Then yes, it's soaring over world. It used to be soaring over California. Uh, the soaring over California, and I like that better. Oh. Yeah, my mom kept calling it that, but it's like my mom was. was Then my sister was like, "No, it's soaring over." Yeah, it's been. It was California for a very long time, and then they did the world, and like almost everyone (laughs) I know who goes Disney, we're like, 
that's disappointing. <laughs> and it was really funny. The first time my friend and I went on that, when I changed it to world, we were getting on because, you know, like you wait in the little lines and you go mm-hmm. little dots and then you go. And the people exiting were like, well, that was disappointing. And I was like, Denora, we're not getting good reviews. <laughs> and, and it, it was, was funny because, like, me and my sister was like, hey, I didn't know the Eiffel Tower bend that way. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, it's not great with a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and then, of course, we had to do cars. Um, the Radiator Springs Racers, yes. yeah, that was pretty good. That yeah, that great. one we got to cut lines. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that one's not too bangy at the end. Yeah. Um, then we did the Incredicoaster. Yep. And <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy, too. I can't do that one. I... <gasps> it tries to kill me. <laughs> so I can't enjoy it because I'm like, all right, what do I do to mitigate yeah. not having a heart attack? Oh, well, what was funny about mm. when um, we were waiting for that is, like, we saw this one girl trying to cut in line with her friend, and her friend was saying, "Is like, no, you can't do that. It's like, you know you messed up big time if your friend's telling you no. Wow, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Did you go into the animation area? I love that place. Animation. Yes, where they have all the, like, movies playing on the ceiling, and then, like... We did not. <gasps> it's, like, my favorite. We also didn't go... Is it called Toon Land or... Toontown? Toontown. Is that even yeah. open yet? They've been doing oh, construction. I don't know. My mom wanted to go there. It seemed like it was. I oh, don't know. Okay. I didn't think they had it open yet. Mm. Anyway, I'm so jealous. Mm. Look at this. Now I'm thinking of Disney. Did you do the fun wheel? Fun wheel. Yeah. And go on the moving gondolas? We did not. It's a giant Ferris wheel. No, <laughs> I guess we it's did very not. hard to miss. Yeah. <clears throat> no, we didn't. It is still my dream to get someone on a go- moving gondola without them knowing it's supposed to move. <laughs> And then freak out when it starts to move and see how they react. Because oh I'm evil. Well, like at the San Diego Zoo, I remember one time that it stopped. And so I decided to mess with my sister and I rocked it. Oh, don't do that. I know not to do that now. I've seen the results. People broke it. Yep. <laughs> and they have to all get evacuated. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. I'm so... How was... Okay, so my biggest question, because that wasn't in when... that They were still working on that last time I went, was Avengers Campus. How was mm-hmm. that? Adventure Campus. Avengers Campus. Avengers. Where Spider-Man and all of them are? I didn't see Spider-Man. Oh. But I know... There's supposed to be this thing where he comes flying in or something. Yeah, I've seen yeah. a show and he, like, does a little mm-hmm. thing. But um, there's um, supposed to be... Mm-hmm. What is... Who is Quill? Peter Quill, a a.k.a. Star-Lord, Lord. yeah. <laughs> and um, Gamora yeah. out there. Yeah, they do that the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Groot will come out, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and now apparently they're going to be doing in the Hyperion, which has been frozen for forever. Um, like the show Frozen. Um, now apparently they're going to be doing, I think, an Agent Carter thing. But the way they labeled it made it seem like it was going to be Captain America. But I think it's Agent Carter. But they're mm. making a musical of it, and I'm like, well, we'll see how that is. Interesting. <laughs> It's going to be odd. Anyway, I'm super jealous. I'm happy you enjoyed it. Was that your first trip and you have two more to go now? Yes. I'm debating. How did you feel it was like, I'm just, I'm very concerned about going to Disney with the masking situation. I don't want to have to wear a mask everywhere, but that is just so many freaking people. Mm. It's so bad. And then also the eating thing is a problem. Mm. But I can get Jersey Mike's and like shove it in a cooler. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, because I have my one Disney card. I have a bunch of points on it. And I've been accumulating them since, like, 2018. I haven't used any of them. Do they so ever like, expire? I don't know. They don't expire quickly, so I have to look. Because I'd rather use it to get a pass again. But I'm like, maybe I'll just go and use them for a one-day ticket. Because at this point, they would pay for a one-day ticket entirely. Mm. But I don't know. I just miss my Disney days, man. I miss, mm. like, being able to chill. And now you have to do the reservation thing. And now, well, at least now they've moved the park hopping up a little bit earlier. Yeah. 
and now finding free parking nearby is almost impossible. And what is parking? Like, what, 30 bucks now? Yeah, it is 30 bucks. It's ridiculous. Anyway. I think that's the same for Universal, too. It's all crazy. Mm -hmm. When you don't have an option to park anywhere else, and then they charge you so much money, it's like, okay. What if they actually walk through the parking lot? Where? I don't know. It's like, like there's some places like you have to pay for parking. It's like, could I walk to this? Not to, Universal. Trust me. We used to try to park outside of it, mm. and it's there. It's very difficult. There's not many places around, and they will tow. Um, if so, you have to be careful about. It. You can get away with it for a little bit, part of the day, but you can't do like a whole day. Mm. And then Disney, there was a neighborhood we used to park in. People got wise, and now it is all permitted. Oh my god! And then I think there's one spot left to park in, but you're unlikely to find a spot over there. So that's uh. it. You could park really far away and walk many, many blocks. <laughs> it might be cheaper to like park kind of far away than Uber. <laughs> And then Jeez. it'd probably be a little cheaper. Uh, but anyway, because paying $30 to me is not... I basically didn't pay for parking mm -hmm. the entire time I had my pass because we'd find parking nearby. Uh, and it was... Yeah, that's why <clears throat> when I had my universal pass, I got the gold one, so mm -hmm. I didn't have to pay for parking. Parking was included, yeah. yeah. Back and now I have, I have to get a pass because the Nintendo land is open. Is it open now? Yeah. Oh. Haven't been a Universal since pre-COVID either. <laughs> anyway. It's a yearly tradition to go to Horror Night, so I have to. Yeah. Go multiple times a year. I'd want to go to that again. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyway. All right. Well, that's exciting. Um, so my friend from Alaska was down here dealing with stuff. <laughs> and so we didn't have a lot of time. So I was like, oh, let's go to the animal park because she hasn't been there in forever. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, I, we won't be able to do much of it. But I'm like, we'll do like the upper section, like where the Australia stuff is, right? So we go there. As we were walking up, I'm pretty sure we saw the baby Przewalski horse. What? But I didn't have binoculars with me. That's thing I'm terrible about lately is I never bring my binoculars. I know. I was so mad because usually you see one of them over there, right? Yeah. And this time there was like one a little higher on the hill, like two down by the little like lean-to that they have. And then I thought there was a feeder which is what the baby was <laughs> and then it moved <laughs> eventually i'm like i think that's the baby because it's a lot shorter than the other ones but i had no binoculars to i mean i'm pretty sure it was a baby because the feeder would not move <laughs> but anyway um but it didn't like walk it just like moved its head or something mm. so anyway but i was like i'm pretty sure that's the baby that we can't actually see <laughs> and i realized you know how they have those like 50th anniversary like sign things everywhere which i love they have one. You probably don't remember it. I'm sure you're too young. But they have one over in that kind of area, and it shows some wildebeest, and then this, like, walkout lookout thing. That's the lookout I remember from being a tiny oh. child before they put in Roaring Store and all of that. It was, it was crazy awesome. Mm. Anyway, so it was cool. But anyway, so I was like, okay, so we'll do this so you can go see the, uh, the octopus, Jesus, the platypus, and the kangaroos. Mm. So we see the platypus. Didn't get a very good view in it because it was in the, the middle mm -hmm. pool, so you have to, like, look down on it. Yeah. You can't, like, get it underwater. So... It was okay, but it wasn't great. The uh, tree kangaroo was like, nah, I'm not coming out. <laughs> the cassowary was once again right up against the glass. So that was good. Um, the condors were just chilling. They're doing their thing. And then um, also I like never see that one toucan. There's the one that's in with the oscillated turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> and the one next door, I don't think I've ever seen that one. And I really want to see it. Next. And it, it upsets me. Another toucan? Yeah. Or there's a toko toucan is in the what, the oscillated turkeys. Yeah. I forgot the name of the other toucan that's next door to it. Hmm. Before you get to the Harris's hawk. Anyway. I think those are toucanets. I don't remember. But 
I've never seen it, <laughs> and I'm very annoyed with it. Well, if it's the Tugan Nets, I have seen those, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just sad. I want to see it. Um, but anyway, so we did that, and then we do the – and we, I had to kind of keep us moving because we had, like, no time. Um, so we chilled for a while in the um, in the little, like – I don't know what to call it the wedding venue area up there <laughs> where the tables are anyway and then we go down to do the kangaroos and it's closed so i was like cool Hi. love that my friend's here from alaska and this is closed <laughs> fantastic and the keepers when they're doing all kinds of things and stuff i don't know if it's just because we were there later because i don't usually hit that part later in the day but it was like four it was like an hour before closing so i don't know why i'd be closed that early mm. anyway so i was like okay well that was productive <laughs> so then i showed her the sand cat and at least they were sleeping of course because that's what they do no that was about it <laughs> and some of the other like smaller animals we walked around the side that i never go to because i'm never there for very long so i don't do the side with, like the babarusa and like uh, whatever else is over there there's like two things that are over there, there there's two things over there, there i just some remember birds. the barbarusa there's that there's some birds and then if you but like the longer uh, route to get over there okay. and then there's the uh <sighs> no, because that's down below. The Barbarusa's the one up there. No, it's well, a little up top. There's a little deer dude. What is he called? It's not Duke here. I always think it's gonna be Duke here, oh, but um, it's a anyway that thing. I know poodoo? what you're talking. Poodoo? Is it still the poodoo? I could have sworn it was like a. Anyway, that. I know poodoo used to be there, but now it's a larger deer that has fangs. Yes. It's whatever that is. <laughs> I don't remember the name of it. Anyway, so I showed her those. That was all we got to do. <laughs> it was a very short-lived trip, which would have been awesome if I'd had binoculars to see the baby Przewalski horse. Because also, you only ever see one of them over there, and there are a bunch of them out where you could see them. And yeah. I was like, ugh, I wish. Anyway, so that was my trip. But anyway, we should move on into things we want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And uh, kick off with Casey. I don't know what this is, and he wouldn't tell me what it was ahead of time. So I'm going to find yeah. out about it with you folks. So in my outline, I just have ABMA. And I was like, what's ABMA? He's <laughs> like, you'll find out. I'm like, okay. So that is the Animal Behavior Management Alliance. It's a zoological organization that basically is a collection of those in the zoological field that work to progress animal training for husbandry. Okay, that definitely sounds like it's like mental health for animals. But anyway, continue on. So yeah, basically it basically serves as a resource for people to have access to things to help them better understand animal training for those in the zoo field. Um, certain concepts like how to implement positive reinforcement for different behaviors in order to get certain tasks done. Um, and... It, they do have a membership, which I am a member of. And um, the funny thing about my membership is, like, I was one of the organizations recommended to me by my boss. And the reason I decided to go with this one, too, was also because I found a discount code on their Facebook page. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Gotta be frugal. But, yeah. Is it expensive or is it reasonable? I think mine's, like, 30 bucks Per year? Yeah. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah. So uh, one of the things they have is this online news article that they do called Engage. And basically it covers animal um, behavior topics. And just to highlight, one of them is like, um, so over in Columbus Zoo, um, they have this little animal presentation show. Um, and they have this radiated tortoise that walks out, goes down a little slide, and then comes up towards the stage for the presentation. Okay. And they were talking about how, like, the first, because also 
again, here's some more cheesy name. They had a three uh, radiated tortoises, one named Ray, one named Dia, and then another one named Ted. No. Because it spells out radiated. No. I don't like it. <laughs> and the first one, um, he was great and very into it and took off no problem. And um, But he has since passed away. Aww. And so then another one, I believe it's Dia, they try working with. And he was not having it because, like, any time a keeper would come up to him, um, he would just immediately go into a shell Aww, and not come out boys. for a long time. So he's very shy, and he talks about like how they slowly worked with him in order to build up his confidence until he eventually got to be able to do the programs. Mm-hmm. Then they also, in case you didn't know, there was a recall program that the San Diego Zoo does that where like animals like their gorillas, lions, and their bears, grizzly bears and polar bears, are they go through the training of how they were able to get them to do a recall, which is basically they sound this uh, school bell alarm, mm-hmm. and that's a signal for them to go into their dens. And that was actually developed due to the Harambe incident over at Cincinnati. Aww. Well, it obviously worked because they were mm-hmm. able to get the gorillas in when the dog got in there. Yep, because of that recall training. Well, that's so good. Was... Oh, that still upsets me so much. Anyway, mm-hmm. well, that's cool. Yep. All right, well. Exciting time. Yes. And another thing they do is um, they have record, they have conferences every year. And even if you can't go to the conference, they have video recordings from the conference that you can look up covering different animal training topics. That's good. Yeah. Cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, talk about a segue (laughs) from helping with uh, zookeepers and people in the zookeeping field. Uh, The San Diego Zoo. Let's see what the actual uh, headline is here. So um, our news is that Pat, the tiny old mouse at San Diego Zoo, secures Guinness World Record. So um, Pat, oh, it just disappeared on me. That's fun. Okay, there we go. Um, So the uh, article goes on to say, a tiny California mouse now has a big title after winning a Guinness World Record for longevity. A Pacific Pocket mouse named Pat, after Star Trek, which also I love, actor Patrick Stewart, received the Guinness approval Wednesday as the oldest living mouse in human care at the ripe age of 9 years and 209 days. The San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance announced after a certification <laughs> certification ceremony. How long do those little guys usually last? That's like pretty top out for most rodents, isn't it? Probably like three years. <laughs> wow, okay. Like most like small <laughs> mice-like rodents average like maybe three to five years. That's crazy. So anyway, Pat was born at the San Diego Zoo. Um, I will not say that word. So the Wild Animal Park on July 14th, 2013 under a conservation breeding program, the Alliance said. The Pacific Pocket Mouse, which weighs as much as three pennies... <laughs> Oh, is the smallest mouse species in North America and gets its name from cheek pouches the animals use to carry food and nesting materials, the Wildlife Alliance said. The mouse once had a range stretching from Los Angeles south to the Tijuana River Valley, but the population plunged after 1932 because of human encroachment and habitat destruction, the Alliance said. They end every sentence with the Alliance said. This is very annoying. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the mouse was thought to be extinct for 20 years until tiny isolated populations were rediscovered in 1994 in Dana Point in Orange County. But the species remains endangered, the Alliance said. Do you know what's important about 94, Casey? No. The Lion King came out. Oh, that was the year before I was born. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a very important year, okay? 
Okay. Anyway, in 2012, the Alliance began a breeding program to help save the mouse from extinction. Last year, the Alliance recorded 117 pups born in a record 31 litters. Many of the mice will be reintroduced to the wild this spring, the Alliance said. Literally every single sentence. I'm looking at three more sentences and it all ends in the Alliance said. I cannot. Why did they write this hor- so horribly? Anyway, so the point is, he has nabbed the uh, oldest living mouse in uh, in oh my gosh what is that called <laughs> in human care mm-hmm. at nine years old and you know more than half a year so go little pat named after patrick stewart so were the rest of them like jonathan frakes like is there jonathan is there oh my gosh oh my how cute i love it anyway they can just all be named after all the different people i love mm-hmm. it so much um lavar <laughs> They have a little... Okay, anyway, I'm just going to... I'm a Star Trek nerding mm. out. Anyway, all right. So there we go. So, yeah. not very many Star Trek nerds anymore. They're just not as, like, out there. Because they're not owned by Disney. <laughs> so they're not as out there as much as the Star Wars people yeah. are. There's no theme park for Star Trek. But they've been, like, the classic always going to conventions for forever. Mm. So is Star Wars. But, like, Trekkies are pretty great. If you had to live in one of those worlds, I'd much rather live in the world of Star Trek than in the world of Star Wars. Mm. Because it's not usually as violent and awful anyway um so also just makes me think of like someone who's freaking out because i don't know if the new show is doing i haven't seen any of it um you know doing woke type stuff and they're like why are you doing all these political things and shoving things down our throat and i'm like um have you ever watched star trek from like the beginning they literally had the first interracial kiss on tv <laughs> like they've uh, always uh, uh, been doing social issues you idiot you haven't been that paying reminds attention. me of those in like the horror genre too because like um they love like the chucky some people love chucky or and it was written by a gay man mm-hmm. same thing with scream uh yeah. Scream is fantastic. Yes, it is. Anyway, yeah, it's just it. It's yeah. like because if um, you watch Next Gen, all like every other episode is a major social topic. It's just hidden in whatever like race they've yeah. met or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you weren't paying attention if you didn't realize that Star Trek has literally always been tackling social issues. Mm-hmm. You're dumb. Anyway, so yay, Pat. Too bad we can't see him. I want to go see him. Anyway, they have a picture of Pat. Well, uh, they had a picture of. I think just a general mm. mouse. I don't think it was Pat specifically. Yeah. It's I don't know. Kind Is of... this him? No, go away. Oh, they're going to do the news story. Yeah. I just want a picture. I don't want the video. Show me. Mm. Show me the little guy. But it's kind of like funny. I'm of, guessing like... that's him. Maybe. Anyway. I don't know. Uh, but like some with like world records of like rodents, it can be like, or really any species, it can be like wildly away from like the average. Like yeah. most porcupines only live like 10 years out in the wild and they can live into their teens mm-hmm. um, in captivity but the oldest rodent on record was a North American porcupine and he lived to be 32 whoa yeah. that's crazy mm-hmm. I All love right. porcupines they're pretty great they're just I love a lot of critters mm-hmm. alright well anyway so we'll move into our um, picks for this week and it was my turn to choose and I chose a favorite Oceana macropod. Are there even macropods anywhere other than Oceana? No. I did not need to specify <laughs> that. I wasn't sure. I'm like, I really don't think there are, but I'm just going to say it to cover my bases. Anyway, okay, oh, great. So, Casey, who did you choose? I went with the red kangaroo. The probably most well-known, I feel like. Yes. You know I, how I first was introduced to the red kangaroo? I don't know. Kangaroo Jack. 
I don't know Kangaroo Jack. Really? I've never seen it. What is that? <laughs> it's a movie. Um, I can't remember. Oh, is it the guy with the knife? What? <laughs> No, it's guy? like two friends. They are uh, oh, like nope. supposed to go over to Australia, and then they uh, find out they're smuggling a bunch of cash. <laughs> no, and then they put that cash into a jacket while they're on a plane trip, um, and then um, they put. The, eventually, they think they hit a kangaroo and kill it, and then they decide to take pictures of it, and then they put the jacket on the kangaroo, and then it hops, it turns out it wasn't dead, and it hops away, and the cash is still in the jacket. Oh no, this is very strange. I have yeah. not seen that. Also, it's like one of the biggest false advertising for a movie, because the kangaroo and that part of it is a very, like, less than 20 minutes. <laughs> wow. There's almost no kangaroo. Also, I'm sorry, it was Crocodile Dundee, that's the ghost. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I've never heard of Kangaroo Jack. Yeah. I used to watch that a lot when I was a kid. Okay, that was yours. I was a, a glutton for punishment, mm-hmm. and I'd watch freaking Lassie and Benji oh over and God. over. <laughs> and Hundred Dalmatians, obviously. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so tell us about the red kangaroo. So their scientific name is Osfranter Rufus. Osfranter what? Osfranter Rufus. Okay. The red kangaroo is a widespread species in Australia and is found across most of the continent, and they live in arid and semi-arid plains. It can also be found living in woodlands in central Australia. They typically live into their teens in the wild, but have been known to live into their early 20s. Um, the red kangaroo is sexually dimorphic, and it is actually the largest living species of marsupial on Earth. Uh, males are significantly larger than the females and can stand at 1.4 meters tall and weigh 92 kilograms, while the females are around 1.1 meters and only 39 kilograms. No, that's really big. I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to measure. It's too, big. <laughs> it's too big. Despite their name, not all red kangaroos are red, and it is only the males that are an orange-red color, while mm. females are blue-gray. Interesting. Mm-hmm. The red kangaroo is an herbivorous species, and they predominantly feed on grass, um... But they will also feed on the leaves of shrubs every now and then. Um, These guys live in a very arid environment, so they have evolved to live with very little water and get much of what they need from the plants that they eat. In order to deal with this harsh environment, they have evolved to be very efficient locomotors. Um, They can jump nearly 1.8 meters high and cover 7 meters in a single leap. Whoa! I didn't know they could jump that far. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Their jumping uh, is often overlooked as an amazing adaptation because um, most animals have to expend more energy in order to move faster. But when kangaroos go from moving on all fours to jumping, they actually don't expend more energy. And that is because when they are jumping, they're relying on tendons to act like a spring to power their running rather than using their muscles. Oh, weird. Okay. This jumping is their primary defense against predators when they feel like they're being chased. But if one gets too close, then they can rear back on their muscular tail and kick with their hind legs. Yeah. Yeah. Bobs and kangaroos, not mm-hmm. a situation you want to be involved in. Yeah, don't get don't get that close. <laughs> yeah, even like smaller wallabies, their kicks are strong enough to break my leg. Oh, oh no. So you definitely don't want to get kicked by these guys. <laughs> um, but one of their more sinister defense comes when they are near a body of water. Um, and what they will do is they will actually jump into the water and wait for the predator to come near it. And if it does, it will grab it and drown it. 
Oh my god! Because they're like really tall and like dingoes are very much shorter. So they just grab it and push it underwater. So they can just stand in the water yeah. and then just be like, hold yep. under. Wow. <laughs> yeah, kangaroos are one of the extreme examples of how quickly some animals can reproduce. They can technically have three babies at one time. Um, a mother oh. can have one joey that is out of the pouch but still nursing off of her milk. And then one much smaller joey that is still living in her pouch permanently and nursing. And she can also be pregnant at the same time. That's crazy. And that is because um, kangaroos ha have what is known as embryonic diapause, which means they can delay their birth of their baby until the previous joey has left the pouch. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. How many babies do they have in a year? Like, what's the gestation period? How many babies do they have in a year? In a year? I do not know that. Okay. But, um... Gestation period for, like, giving birth, it's probably, a, I think it's a little over a month. Oh, my gosh. Keep in mind, they're born the size of a jelly I mean, bean, they're teeny so. tinies, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it does not take long, and it's not much effort to birth them. <laughs> they're a little like lima bean, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but birthing all these babies is no issue because, again, they're about the size of a jelly bean. <laughs> uh, but, um... Then they have to go on the strenuous journey of going into mom's pouch because a lot of people forget this, but they are not born in the pouch. Yeah. So a tiny little blind baby that only has functional front legs has to climb all the way into, into its mom's pouch. pouch. It's quite a journey. <laughs> yes, it is. Wow. Do they know how many of them make it or how many like just fall off and die? For kangaroos, I don't believe so. I know with like um, Tasmanian devils, mm -hmm. um, uh, there's like they can have like 20 um that are actually um born but they have like just four teeth mm, okay so they will stay in the pouch um until they are about eight months but will continue to nurse until they are around 12 months old okay the red kangaroo is currently listed as least concerned by the iucm red list and their populations are currently stable Sweet. Mm -hmm. They're pretty cool. Yes. All right, Casey. What is the large macropod's favorite breakfast restaurant? IHOP? Yes. Oh, I was going to judge you if you didn't get that one. I was like, I, this has to be so stupid simple. It's I can't so get it wrong. so silly stupid, yeah. All right. Okay, well, that brings me to my favorite. And let's be real. I chose it based on looks. Casey asked me how I chose it, and that's how I chose it. <laughs> anyway, so I chose the yellow-footed rock wallaby. They're so cute. Okay. So their scientific name is Pet nope. Petrogale Xanthopus. I'm going to go with that. The species is native to South Australia, New South Wales, and Queensland. As you may guess from their name, they live in more rocky habitats, such as the rocky outcrops that can be found in more semi-arid regions in Australia. In the wild, they have been known to live up to 10 years. They are sexually dimorphic, with males being slightly larger than females. Males are about 80 centimeters tall and weigh 11 kilograms. 80. Oh, that's not that big. Well, it's a wallaby, so it wouldn't be that big. It's about 32 inches, y'all. How cute. Anyway, and then the females are 60 centimeters tall, weighing from 6 to 7 kilograms. Like other species of macropods, these guys are herbivores, and the bulk of their diet consists of grasses along with browse from shrubs, and they may switch diet depending upon the season and what food is available. The diet can be, this diet can be very rough on their teeth and wear them down, and their molar will replace, will be replaced by, uh, with new teeth, 
coming in near the back of their mouth and move forward replacing the old teeth which is the same way elephant teeth grow that freaks me out anyway <laughs> it's like an invader belt of teeth yeah that did not make it sound better casey i think it sounds cool anyway <laughs> that sounds like a horror show anyway um the wallaby is a species of macropod and it is in the same family as kangaroos but in actuality wallabies are just small kangaroos wallabies are usually those under 20 kilograms and have a hind feet that are less than 25 centimeters i'm gonna look 25 centimeters that's only like a foot ish right it's like 10 inches Yep, uh, pretty close to an inch. Good job. Anyway. <laughs> um, I love my metric. Good job. <laughs> um, they get the name yellow-footed from the fact that they have yellow fur on their feet, but they are also known as ring-tailed wallabies because their tails are often banded in brown and yellow. They are a social species, usually living in groups of less than 20 individuals. Wallabies are one of the most common prey items oh no, for predators like dingoes in Australia, so they are well adapted to avoid being hunted. They have slender long tails that act like a rudder to help them balance as they hop across rocks, sometimes leaping over three meters. They have specially adapted feet to scale across the rocks and even help them climb small trees, aww, as the soles of their feet have ridges and bumps like those on sneakers to give them better traction. I did not know that. There you go. Do all wallabies have that or just these guys? I'm assuming mostly these rocky guys. Pro there are a couple of species of rocky wallabies, so I'd assume those would also Any have Any rockies, them. I would think, too. And probably tree kangaroos, too. Mm, that makes sense. All right. This species is nocturnal, so they spend most of the day resting in caves and rock crevices, but may come out occasionally to sunbathe, oh, but they are most active at night. Given they live in a very dry region of Australia, these rock wallabies are adapted to go long periods without water, and they instead get most of the water they need from eating the bark and roots of different species of trees. On the few occasions where it does rain, they have been known to drink over 10% of their weight in water. Whoa, that seems unpleasant. <laughs> the yellow-footed rock wallabie is currently listed as near-threatened by the IUCN Red List. However, in Australia, they are nationally recognized as, the, as vulnerable species, and they are listed as vulnerable in South Australia and endangered in New South Wales and Queensland. It is there. It is there? <clears throat> nope. I don't know what that's supposed to say. I'm just going to say there are around 2,000 in South Australia and only 250 in New South Wales. One of the major contributors to this species' decline, uh, declining numbers, is competition for food and shelter with non-native species like goats. They are also preyed upon by invasive species such as foxes and cats. Really? I guess they're going after babies. And their habitat is becoming increasingly fragmented, leaving some populations vulnerable to genetic risks and catastrophic events like wildfires and droughts. Anyway, they're super cute. Can't wait to post a picture of them. Love them. And uh, that's going to bring us to our animal of the week. And our animal of the week this week is... The black flying fox. The black flying fox. I am the darkness. Anyway. <laughs> All right. I feel like that is the one in that meme. If it's not, it's obviously I don't close know. relative. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Like, I just remember when it comes to bats, it reminds me of when I was talking to this one guy that worked for National Parks, and he was telling me about when he was um, getting his degree, and he had this one professor that was obsessed with bats. Yeah. And so for his practical, and they had to identify animals by looking at their skull, it was, like, mostly bats. Mm -hmm. And, like, he could not tell, so he just ended up putting a little brown bat for everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> so 
That would be my, my way too. I was like, I see a bat. It's like, I think it's a little brown bat. Well, I know they're not here because so some you can tell the difference of, but yeah. like anyway, this guy is. I think if it's like I'm saying, if it's not this one who's in that meme, it's somebody who's very closely related. Yeah. They're so cute. Okay, yeah. anyway, continue. So, so it's the black flying fox. Woohoo! Yes. So these guys are in the order Chiroptera, also known as the bats. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in the family Terapididae. Terapodidae, sorry. <laughs> Terapodidae, okay. Um, and their scientific name is Terapis electo. Okay, that's fun. The species is native to northern and eastern Australia and is also found in parts of Indonesia and New Guinea. They live in tropical and subtropical r- <laughs> forests okay. and woodlands. <clears throat> um, they can live from 15 to 20 years. They are the largest species of bat in Australia. They can weigh 600 to 1,000 grams with a wingspan of about a, over a meter. <gasps> I didn't realize they were that big. Yep. Whoa. How big is their body? Does it say? It does not say. Oh, bummer. As in, I did not write it. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to go look it up. It probably did say, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wingspan's more important. Okay. Unlike what people, many people would subge- suspect, um, this bat species does not eat insects. Instead, they feed on fruit and nectar of flowers. Like other bat species, they are nocturnal, and they will lit- roost in large numbers in what are called camps up in the tree canopy during the day, then head out at dusk in order to forage for food. Not only are they social with one another, they are social with other bat species and can be found roosting with other species of flying fox. They roost in large colonies, um, of which can contain hundreds of thousands of bats, but those in their northern territory usually have no more than 30,000. <laughs> that does sound like a lot, though. Yeah. Uh, this thing is saying... They're about 26 inches. Ah. Not inches. That'd be really big. <laughs> 26 <laughs> centimeters. Sorry. It's about 10 inches for the right. body. Anyway, continue on. So, even though um, Australia is thought of as a very hot climate, it can get a little chilly, and they will warm themselves by wrapping themselves with their wings very tightly. Kind of like their own personal blanket. And during the hot parts of the day, they will spread out their wings and flap in order to cool down. Because those wings are filled with blood vessels, and that helps to dis- disperse the heat. Oh, I don't remember real fast. I don't remember if it was when I was watching the Secrets of the Zoo Down Under or whatever, or if you said this before. But there were bats. They found like a massive die-off because it got really cold. So the moms would wrap up the little pups, and then the moms would die, but the pups survived because mom was. So they had to go collect all these little orphans. I don't remember talking the about mommies, that. Because the moms all died. Mm-hmm. It, or maybe it was the smoke. I don't know what it was. It was either smoke or cold. And the bats would, like, wrap the little babies up. And the oh. babies survive. But, like, a, there's a huge die-off of all yeah. the other ones. Anyway, yeah. continue. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so, this large bat species is also a migratory species. And they will travel over 50 kilometers from their roost over to their feeding grounds. And they can fly surprisingly fast at around 35 to 40 kilometers per hour. Unlike the more insectivorous species of bats that people typically think of when they imagine bats, the black flying foxes rely on their sight and great sense of smell in order to locate their food. Ooh, crazy! Mm-hmm. And when food becomes more scarce, they will often fight with one another for resources and will emit a high-pitched squabbling noise. 
<laughs> oh dear. And during these times of food scarcity, they can also become a pest because they start exploiting introduced fruits like mangoes from farmers. Mm -hmm. And they have caused losses of around 20 million Australian dollars to the fruit industry. Ooh, ouch. Mm -hmm. So the black flying fox is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list. Even though they are still relatively common, their populations have been declining. One of their major threats is actually climate change. Um, there have been instances where overheating has been a concern um, with abnormal weather impacting um, their feeding habits as well. And back in 2014, 46,000 black flying foxes died during an extreme heat stress event in southeast Queensland. Aww. Yeah. Because it gets really hot and they have ways to cool themselves down, but there is a limit. Yeah. And there are times of year where they're seeing these massive die-offs. That's so sad. Mm -hmm. It's happening with other flying foxes too, unfortunately. Aww. They are also losing habitat due to human activity and they get in entangled in barbed wire fences and fruit tree netting. Aww. Fruit tree netting. It's to keep pests off of fruit trees. Okay, I was like, what is fruit tree netting? Okay. <laughs> yep. So that is the black flying fox. They're so cute. Mm -hmm. I love them. I mean, they're pretty big, but they're still cute to me. Their face is adorable. Mm -hmm. It makes me miss. I missed the bass over at um, the safari park. I can't remember which. Rodriguez fruit bat, I think. I don't they're remember. Like. They're loud. Yes. I know. They haven't been open in forever. I don't know if that's a COVID thing or I what the like issue is. I feel like it has is. to be. But I think they've opened so many more things up, so I don't know why they haven't, like, are mm. we likely to transmit it to them, or they just don't want people in that space? I don't know the deal. Yeah, I but don't they've know. they've been closed for forever. <laughs> you can, well, now you can't. <laughs> I was like, you could kind of see them when you went down the hill toward the Yeah, elephants. the hill closed. Oh, so you, you, you I did. Just, I okay. went, well, I went, the time I went before, when I went for that really short time, the first time I went to the park, I went down there real quick. So I went in that little spot. And then, um, but you can only see them if they're in the far end of the one enclosure and they were in the other side. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this is not even, not even possible yeah. to see them. Because I remember when they had like their babies and the moms would be holding with Aww, their wings. Oh yeah. I don't, I never saw them with the babies, but yeah. anyway. Yeah. No, the elephant thing is challenging and they definitely don't have signage. <laughs> so yeah. they don't want people over there. But then there's a big sign when you go through the door that's mm -hmm. like elephant looks. I'm like, well, okay, weird. Anyway. <laughs> Anywho, all right, well, that's going to bring us to our challenge, and it was Casey's turn to challenge us, and um, I think it sounds scary, so what have you decided, Casey? So, I decided, like, there has to be, like, are you smarter than a fifth grader version for, like, animal science, mm -hmm. and I did. There's okay. a lot of questions. Oh, so, what we're going to do is I'm going to take a turn, have one question from each grade okay. to ask Allie, okay. see if she what she gets out of five. Okay. Then I'm going to get my laptop over and see what she gives me. Okay. And hopefully I don't fail. So question is, though, are you going to be able to see the questions ahead or does it generate a new question on each page or something? No, it's just a full-on list. <laughs> okay. So you're going to do, like, top stuff and I'll scroll way down so you yeah. haven't seen it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how are you going to do this where you haven't seen it? I mean, honestly, I will feel bad if I'm not smarter than fifth grader, but you will feel worse because I did not study this stuff. <laughs> And I now know things like macropod and monotream and torpor and something tapetum. <laughs> no, tapetum's the first part. Dang it. <laughs> tapetum something. Lucidum. Lucidum. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. And I'm not even going to bother with the timer because these no, are very simple fine. questions. So, 
Okay. So this is a grade one question. Okay. True or false? Some crocodiles are native to North America. I absolutely should know that. 100% I should know that. Um, some crocodiles are native to North America. Mm-hmm. Do we have crocodiles? I mean, we definitely have alligators. I'm going to say true. I don't remember. Wait. So what was the point? <laughs> true or false always creeped me up. Some crocodiles so are native. So some crocodiles are native to North America. I'm going to say true and it's probably wrong. It is true. Haha, yes. There are. There is the American crocodile, um, which is found, it's not just in southern Florida, but southern Florida is the only place in the world where crocodiles and and alligators alligators live side by side. There you go. Alrighty. So. Fascinating while he reads the question. (laughs) So I'm just picking a random one. Okay. Um, okay, so this is grade two. The female of which of the following animals is called a vixen? A fox. I didn't even get to listen. <laughs> no, I know what it is. Okay. That one was really easy. And I'm not going to lie, partially because of fox in the house. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Good Lord. Let's see. Also, some of these... I don't think are true with their grade ranking. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're going with grade three. Grade three. So far, I'm smarter than the second grader. <laughs> what age is that? Like six? I don't know. Because I was six when I started kindergarten. I was 10 in fifth grade. So math. <laughs> Where were we? Three? So, t- so eight? <laughs> Okay, some of these may be too easy. I I feel like they're lying. Okay. Or well, are you smarter than small children? So. Or are you smarter than fifth grader lied to me? D- okay. <laughs> okay. Whales have a thick layer of fat called what? Blubber. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is for like kindergartners. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't believe this is cr- correct. <laughs> so. <laughs> This is why it would be me doing, just being mean. <laughs> okay. Because it's technically prehistoric animals. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, I won't do that. Okay. Okay. True or false? Crustaceans are arthropods. I, that I should know. I don't remember what arthropod means. <laughs> I think it's, I, I, I want to say True. I'm saying true. I don't know if it's right. You are correct. Haha, <laughs> yeah. So arthropod, just to make, arthropod means jointed foot. Oh, okay, okay. Cool, cool. That was a fourth grade question? Yes. I'm knocking this out of the park, man. We'll see if I'm smarter than a fifth grader, though. <laughs> okay. So fifth grade questions. Mammals are grouped in what phylum? I don't know if that's mammalia. So I'm going to give you the list. Oh, okay, okay. Because you've been able to do it without lists so far. <laughs> okay. So there's Bryozoa. Okay. Cnidaria. Hmm. Chordata. Hmm. Or Pinophyta. Oh, no. Okay. It's not Cnidaria. What were the other? It's... Bryozoa. Okay. There's Cnidaria. Okay. Pinophyta. Or Chordata. 
It's either Cordata or the other one, and I can't remember it. So I'm just going to say Cordata. That is correct. Ha yeah. I just remember hearing that word <laughs> when you talked about things. I am smarter than a fifth grader. Yes. I don't remember that in fifth grade. I wouldn't have gotten that right. <laughs> I don't either. But then again, like, whenever I actually watched the show, I remember it's like, this can't be for this grade. No, a lot of them were pretty challenging. I I don't even think I knew this in middle school. I know, because most of the time, at least I'll know that I learned it, and I just don't remember what it was. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, you know, anyway, are you scrolling down farther? So, I put it in search so you can just skip between the sections. Oh, okay. Um... Wow, that's so easy. Okay. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The first few are so easy. Oh my gosh! And it's like it makes me think. It's like maybe I was just a stupid kid because like some I missed a lot of easy stuff when I was that young. I mean, I don't see anything that's challenging here. I okay, I'll go. That's well, are we not pre- doing prehistoric though? Okay, I could, I could try okay. prehistoric. These I took all, paleontology courses, so these are all really, really, really easy. Like I'm trying to find exactly. <laughs> Obviously, you know everything, you know, honestly, but I think I, I know everything. I honestly don't even remember. Like, did I really learn anything in first grade? I don't remember first grade. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, these are just so ridiculously early or easy. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that one I saw. Okay. Um, okay. Where did it go? Okay. True or false, this is first grade. All of the dinosaur dinosaurs were gigantic animals. It's false. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know. Why does it say why are there two? Oh, incorrect answers. Okay, yeah. I was like, Sorry, why are there two things? This is so strange. <laughs> Wait, how do you... Ch- oh, I see grade. Okay, yep. here we go. Grade two. Wait, is this actually two? Oh, it is. Okay, good. All right, let's see. Um, Okay, that you'll definitely know it, but at least that's a, a more challenging question. Uh, this also uh, reminds me of, like, I used to be able for... I would be able to recognize like all my first through fifth grade teachers. Like I can't even think about them right now. No, this is really um dumb easy. Yeah, <laughs> apparently in second grade you just learn what are cold blooded and warm blooded animals because that's almost all of these questions. Yeah. Um. Wow, they're so easy. That question is in there twice. <laughs> okay, so so easy. I can't, dude. I mean, you're going to know it. I feel like this is the most challenging question on here. But what? Okay, no, I'll do that. I had oh. I didn't know that was a thing. I don't think that's right. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Okay, I read the question wrong. That's why. No, you're going to get all of them. They're too easy for you. But this is the this is the most challenging one on there, I would say. All right. Um, and that is at which sta- at which stage in a butterfly's life cycle is it is its resting stage? Resting stage is yeah. pupil. Yeah. Well, pupa is what they have, but. Well, it's pupil stage. Okay. <laughs> and it's a pupa or cocoon. Okay. If they're very fancy, it's a chrysalis. Ooh. That's the bougie ones. Yeah. Okay. I. Oh my gosh! These I remember so taking easy. care of caterpillars, and it's like I never had ones that had a chrysalis. <laughs> um. Wow. I can't even. These are just so easy. See, this concept was good when I thought of it. 
Yeah, no, I remember the TV show, and it was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I, that's why you just asked me. Well, that means you've looked at these questions anyway. You think I remember what I looked at? Okay. Oh, my gosh. I This is so crazy. Ugh. Okay, okay. I'm giving you prehistoric shit. Okay. Um, which of these dinosaurs is a large plant eater? You didn't give me options. Okay, I didn't realize this is a multiple choice. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> okay, this is easier now that you have options. All right, so you have um, Allosaurus. Nope, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong group. Okay, try it again. Uh, Apatosaurus. Allosaurus. Oh, that was an option still. Tyrannosaurus. Velociraptor. It's a patasaurus. Yes. Also, I don't think a patasaurus is a valid s- species anymore. There you go. They're all kinds of crazy. Be. Oh, wait, no. That, uh, that apparently, This is why we were obsessed with dinosaurs when we were children. All they teach us is apparently dinosaur stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I don't know how to say that. Um, this is a lot of... This is a lot of dinosaur stuff. Does that mean it's not dinosaurs? It said animal science at the top. So. Well, this is weird. Um, okay. I don't even know what to, sure, sure, we'll do it. Alright. True or false? Apatosaurus, Brachiosaurus, and Diplodocus? Diplodocus. Diplodocus are examples of sauropods. Sauropods? Sure. Yes, and that is true. Great, there you go. So challenging. All right, let's see. Um, oh, that's now that's way too. You're gonna know all these anyway. Doesn't matter. You gave me probably the hardest one on this list. <laughs> I don't even remember. Was it? Is this the fourth grade one? This was the fifth grade one. Oh, fifth grade. The Where answer was Cordata. Um, I can't. Okay, we're you're just going straight prehistoric. Is what we're doing. All right. But that means I have to say these names. Oh, God. Colophus? Uh, nope. It's a. Oh, oh Coelophysis. Sure. That. <laughs> Platosaurus and Herrerasaurus? Yeah, that one you did pronounce correct. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> um, Live during which geologic period? That would be the Triassic. So you don't even need the list. <laughs> I think this is incorrect. Those are I too know. easy. I feel like we should have done, like, at least high school, because apparently, I mean, some of those, I was looking through your questions, and I'm like, these are all so easy. <laughs> I can't handle it. Anyway, all or right. Or maybe the... What? My other is, like, maybe the people on Are You Smarter Than Fifth Grade were just stupid. No, the questions were harder. I know. But it also know, wasn't... I just joking. There wasn't much animal science, though, either, I don't yeah. think, on it. So, anyway... Well, we did really well um, because we can beat 10-year-olds, apparently. So, is that a success? I don't know. (laughs) And I don't think it's very bright 10-year-olds either. To be fair, I couldn't tell you all the dinosaur stuff because I'm not 10 anymore and I don't remember any of it. (laughs) And also, it changes. Sorry, I just saw a picture of a jackrabbit. They're not that ugly. You have to stop being so mean to them. Anyway. I found another quiz that might have been better. Oh God! <laughs> well, you can do. We can do it later. Yeah. We have more options this month. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. As always, we're your host Allie and Casey, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Yeah.